0: Well, good evening, I'd like to welcome you to our 2023, and I think last year I completely blew it, but our 2023 candlelight uh, service, and I am so excited this evening that each of you has joined us, and we look forward to a wonderful time opening up the Word of God, reading the Scripture, singing praise to the Lord together, and uh, just reflecting on the reason that we celebrate this season. What I'd like us to do is first of all open up our Bibles to Luke chapter 1 and we will read this as our opening scripture. We'll have a word of prayer and then we'll have our first special this evening. Luke chapter 1 verse 1 says this, For as much as many have taken in hand to set forth in order a declaration of those things which are most surely believed among us, even as they delivered them unto us, which from the beginning were eyewitnesses, and ministers of the word. It seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write unto thee in order, most excellent Theophilus, that thou mightest know the certainty of those things wherein thou hast been instructed. Please let's take a moment and ask the Lord to bless our service this evening and that he would open our hearts as we think about these wonderful truths. Father, what a great, what a glorious season where we get to stop and set aside the cares of the day and of life, focus our attention on the birth of the Lord Jesus. As the scriptures are read this evening, I pray that you would help us to think deeply about this story and this moment in history. Not just the details, but help us to think about the significance and the weight of this moment in history. That we would understand who the Lord Jesus Christ is, That we need to understand what he came to accomplish. And that we would understand how this applies personally to each person in this room. We pray for your rich blessing on this time. May we all be encouraged deeply by the things that we see and hear tonight. And we ask it all in Christ's name. Amen.
1: I can read the schedule here welcome to our Christmas Eve service and we've got a lot of specials coming up but I don't know that there's anything more special than getting the congregation involved with our congregational singing follow along on the screen or if you can turn to page 194 in your hymnal please stand with me as we sing this first song joy to the world on the third verse We're going to go around and greet. Turn around, bump elbows, bump fists, tell someone behind you, in front of you, Merry Christmas out on the third verse. So sing out. for this next song page 201 or follow along with me on the screen page 201 oh come all ye faithful
2: With our scripture reading out of Luke chapter 1, and we're going to start with verse 6. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin and spouse to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. And he shall be great, and he shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, She hath also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her.
1: Amen. You know, we're a church family, but it's special when a family gets up and uh, presents an offering to the Lord in music. So we encourage that. So thank you for that. We will now sing a couple more signs. Now, if you keep singing the way you were singing, I'll let you stay down. But the moment you let up, you're standing up. Okay. All right. We're going to turn to page 229. Two hundred and twenty nine. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. All three verses. Of Born to Die. You're sounding pretty good, so I'll let you stay seated. So don't let up. Though.
3: Be reading from Luke chapter 1, verses 65 through 79. And fear came on all that dwelt round about them, and all these sayings were noised abroad throughout all the hill country of Judea. And all they that heard them laid them up in their hearts, saying, What manner of child shall this be? And the hand of the Lord was with him. And his father, Zachariah, was filled, Zacharias was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up an horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. As he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us. To perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he swore to our father Abraham, that he would grant unto us that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear. In holiness and righteousness before him, all the days of our life, and thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare His ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto His people by the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us. To give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. To guide our feet into the way of peace.
4: With joy and gladness we sing
5: Scriptures continue in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. Luke, chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria, and all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth. Into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. Let's continue our singing this evening. Hymn number 193, Angels from the Realms of Glory. Hymn number 193, and we'll sing all four verses. 217, O little town of Bethlehem. We'll sing the first and the last verse. Sorry, hymn books to hymn number 213, the first Noel. 213, verses 1, 5, and 6.
6: Two thirteen through twenty. <clears throat> and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass as the angels were going away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which is which the Lord hath made known to us. And they as it was told to them.
4: Thank mm-hmm. you.
5: All right, let's all stand and open our hymn books to number 199 Hark the Herald Angel Sing. These are some songs you can really, really sing out. Hark the Herald Angel Sing. We'll sing all three verses. few pages back, 196. Angels, we have heard on high, and we'll sing all four verses. Singing, please be seated.
3: Luke 2 25 through 32. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus, for to do for him as after the custom of the law, then took he up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles, and the glory of thy people Israel."
5: starry skies, there are shepherds watching their flocks by night.
0: about you but I'm really thankful for the Christmas season and what you got to witness this evening was really the entire story from the announcement of Christ's birth to Mary all the way through his birth the shepherds coming and then all of the way to him being seen by a man named Simeon who held that little child in his hands and said now you can let your servant depart in peace because I have seen your salvation and I'd like to take everything that you've seen and I'd like to summarize it with three statements that you heard read this evening that I think really help us to understand the weight of this Christmas season story. And the first statement is found in Luke chapter one. Let me read to you what it says. It says in verse three, it says, it seemed good to me also having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first to write unto thee in order most excellent Theophilus, and don't miss the statement, that thou mightest know the certainty of those things wherein thou hast been instructed. Now, I ask this question, how do we know what is true from history? The simple fact is either we live through it, and we remember it, or we read about it from those who saw it firsthand. And when Theophilus is reading this book, the book of Luke, Luke is simply saying this. I am writing a detailed record from the eyewitness accounts that I have compiled. And I'm being guided by the Holy Spirit as I write the very things that I'm writing. And the question is, why did he do that? Well, it's because the Christmas story is a real moment in history. It's something that we should trust in because it is factually true and there are eyewitness accounts not just from christian sources but from jewish sources even from roman sources that can confirm that in fact there was a real person named jesus he was born at this time in history he really died on the cross and there were lots and lots of people who believe that his death on the cross ...was for the remission of sins and he rose triumphant from the grave. And they even were willing to lay down their own lives as martyrs... ...because they were so convinced that in fact this is true. I think one of the greatest examples is the Apostle Paul. He's a man who hated the church of God. He despised the gospel. And when he came and met the Lord Jesus Christ on uh, the road to Damascus... ...his life was radically changed and he went from someone who was an opponent to the gospel but to someone who was willing to lay down his life as a martyr and to preach the gospel to the uttermost ends of the earth. The second statement that I'd like to read to you is from Luke 1, verses 67 to 79. I'm not going to read that whole section, but I want you to listen carefully to what Zechariah said. It says, He was filled with the Holy Ghost, and he prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, who hath visited, and this next statement is very important has redeemed his people. He has raised up an horn of salvation for us. And then later he says, this is to give, give knowledge of salvation unto his people through the remission of their sins, through the tender mercies of our God. Not only is the story of Christmas a story from history, about a real person who lived and died, and died for a reason, but what Zechariah prophesied was why this matters. And the word is the word salvation. Another word is the word the remission of sins. And every person in this room, both young and old, doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter how many times you've been to church or if it's the first time you've ever sat in a church building. The simple fact is every single one of us has a problem. And that problem is that we are sinful people. We violate God's laws. God created the universe. He sustains our lives. He says what is right and what is wrong. And the simple fact is we use the breath that he gives us to sustain our lives. And we use that breath to say and to do things that are unquestionably sinful and offense to him. And the fact is that our sin stands between us and God. And there's nothing that you can give God and there's nothing you can do for God that can take your sin debt and can remove it. But God did something for you that could remove that sin debt. And that's what the word remission means. The remission of sins is God took the sin and he removed it so that you could be brought into fellowship with your creator. And he did it through the payment of the price of Christ's death on the cross. That's what the Christmas season is all about. Not just the birth of Christ, but the reason he was born. He came to die the third statement that i want to draw your attention to is found in luke chapter 2 verse 10 this is what it says behold i bring you good tidings of great joy i love this next statement which shall be to all people this story is for everybody You say, well, my whole life I've never understood who Jesus was. I've never believed in him. I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I never went to Christmas Eve candlelight services. Somebody invited me and I thought, well, you know, I'll I'll give it a try. I'll see what this is like. Or I've been to these things many, many times. But I've always in the back of my mind said, you know what? Christianity's for those people, but not for me. The truth is, Joel, you don't know know my past. You don't know the life that I've lived. You don't know the things that I've said. You don't know the thoughts that have gone through my mind. What I believe about Christianity and the gospel and the creator and all those things. And I say, whether you understand this or not, the gospel's for you. It's for all people. It's available to whoever will say, yes, I am a sinner. I know that my sin stands between me and a holy and righteous God. I know that there's nothing I can give to God. There's nothing I can hand to Him and say, accept this as a payment for my sin. I have to accept the free gift of eternal life through what Christ purchased for me. Yes, I want that. I believe that. I want to accept that. I want to trust Christ as my Savior. I'm reminded in the book of John, in John 3 and 4, as John talks about the conversations that Jesus had, there were two people... That he chose to write a lot of information about the conversation they had with Christ. The first person was Nicodemus. You know who Nicodemus was? He was an older man who was very respected because he was a Bible scholar. He was a scribe. He was a member of the Sanhedrin. He was one of those people that if somebody said, hey, how do you read the law? They'd say, well, go talk to Nicodemus. He's a scholar of the law and he's been that way his whole life. And when he stood before Jesus one night, he says, we know you're a teacher come from God. No one can do these miracles except God's with him. And Jesus said, Nicodemus, unless you're born again, you'll never see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said, what? He's a religious guy. Religion doesn't give you heaven, folks. What gives you heaven is what Christ did for you. And then it's amazing is in the the next chapter, chapter 4... Jesus goes through Samaria, a region that the Jewish people did not go through. And there were lots and lots of reasons historically why they wouldn't do that. There weren't good reasons. But we can understand that sometimes people have prejudices. And these prejudices are sinful. But they're a real part of the way the people thought at that time. And Jesus said, I'm going to go through that region. And he goes and he sits down beside a well. And you know why he sat beside that well? He wanted to have a conversation with a woman... ...from that city. She was not a good person. She was there at the middle of the day... ...by herself for a reason. And Jesus says... ...hey I'm thirsty... ...could you get me a drink of water? And she said... ...why are you talking to me? You're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan woman. The Jews and the Samaritans have new dealings. And Jesus says... ...if you knew who I was... ...you'd ask me... ...to give you a drink of water that you will never thirst again from. She says, what are you talking about? This is This called eternal life. Now, why does John take the time to record those two conversations? Jesus had thousands upon thousands of conversations with people in his earthly ministry. Why those two people? Side by side. It's to help us to understand the Gospels for everybody. The Gospels for the person that thinks they've got life figured out. They're a religious person and God should accept them. And he says, no, it's the work of Christ alone. It's for the person who says Christianity is not for me because God would never accept me. If he knows me and everything I've ever done, he would never allow me in his presence. Yet what does the gospel do? It lays a flat line for everybody at the cross. It says whoever will believe on him shall not perish but have everlasting life. I asked this question this evening. Could it be that there's someone here tonight... Who's never accepted the free gift of eternal life through Christ. The Jesus that we sing about. The Jesus that we read about in the scriptures. The Jesus that was foretold from the fall of man. All the way through all of the prophets. The Jesus that Luke sat down to write to Theophilus. And say I'm going to lay out a a simple history of what took place. So that you can have a certain confidence that in fact this is true. That Jesus Says, repent and believe. He says, come to me. He says, embrace my salvation. If there's anyone here that does not understand what I'm talking about, I hope. I'll be standing out there in the lobby area and as you're heading out, say, hey, Joel, I'm from the area. I've never heard this before and I think I need to have a conversation with you. I don't understand this. I'd be glad to set up a time. Not this week because I'm going to be out of town, okay? But after, the, after the beginning of the New Year, I'd be glad to sit down and have a conversation with you. I'd be glad to have a conversation through email, wh- whatever works for you, over Zoom, whatever. Be glad to have a conversation. It might be that you've heard the gospel an un, uh, unbelievable number of times. And tonight it's hit you in a different way. It went from something you know about to something you recognize you need. And then it's very simple, you need to trust Christ. So I want to encourage you, wherever you stand today before the Lord, you need to think very carefully about what you've heard, what has been read, what we have sung about, what we have heard sung to us about. The gospel is a sure account. It is for the remission of sins and it's for everybody. I pray that you would embrace this message if you've never embraced it. What would like us to do before we close is i like us to pull out our hymn books or look up on the screen if it's working. And 219 is the song that we will sing. It's a song that we have traditionally sung to close out our Christmas Eve services for, well, longer than I've been here. <laughs> and that is the song, Silent Night. So please, let's stand together and let's sing this song and think about What the Lord Jesus Christ came to do for us. And let's sing it with great joy in our hearts. Silent night, holy night. Acapella please. Here we go. Truths that we've just sung tonight father thank you for fulfilling your promise a promise that was given thousands of years before its fulfillment in christ's birth and death and resurrection and father we thank you for this season where we make wonderful memories as families we share our love with one another as we give gifts and we share christmas wishes But Father, may it also be a time that we pause and we remember the reason that we celebrate. And if there's anyone here tonight that has never placed their faith in the finished work of Christ, I pray that tonight you'd help them to understand that the gospel is available for them, that they would humbly place their faith in Christ, you would save them from their sins, make them your child. I pray that as we go our separate ways, you give us safety on the roads. And may we have a wonderful day tomorrow with family and friends. May you be exalted and be at the center of our day. And we ask it all in Christ's name. Amen.